Do you like all things spooky? How about chilling stories that have you reaching for the covers? In this podcast, we're going under the covers to delve into all things from chilling haunts to your worst nightmares. I'm Morgan. And I'm Emily. And this is why we don't Don't sleep sleep alone. alone. Well, Reagan's joining us for today's episode. So if you hear purring or aggressive meowing in the background, we're doing our best. He's doing his best. We are not in our normal recording setup. Instead, we are blessed to be in the presence of uh, Reggie Peggy mm-hmm. in bed. And he is making bread. He's going hard with his bread right now. So if you hear some purring, uh, just disregard. <laughs> uh, he's very emotionally attached to me and Morgan. And doesn't want to be out of the room from me. <laughs> so um, he's going to just join us today and protect us from all of our uh, scary stuff that we're going to talk about today. Which today we're going to actually talk about <laughs> part two of William Bonin. Bonin. Uh, we left y'all on a small little cliffhanger. I know. Emily did it to y'all. And it was so good. <laughs> It was so good. I planned it. I planned it real good. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pick right back up where mm-hmm. we left off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As long as, I mean, you're okay, right? I'm okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we'll see. I'm okay for now. <laughs> we'll see. At the end of this episode, we'll definitely see. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. We I are going to be talking about some pretty graphic content. I know that usually we do because obviously this is a true crime and spooky podcast, but this content is quite graphic so just be just be ready for it y'all yeah just a forewarning that it is incredibly depressing really hard to read through for us to do this research yeah there's a lot to this that's why we split it up into two parts Mm -hmm. and it is really bad so just fair warning listen at your own risk i guess i don't know listen um mixed company is probably (laughs) not good unless you guys are all into true crime so i wouldn't listen to this on blast in the middle of the coffee shop if i were you yeah one of our other episodes you could definitely listen to on blast yeah but um, this one not so much this one's bad so we last left off with bonin and butts hanging out and for the first time butts is finally going to get in this van that has been all done up and made into a murder mobile hashtag murder mobile so we remember in last episode that um bonin was kind of starting to get a little bit more open about his fantasies Mm -hmm. and he was starting to make really good friends with butts and this is the first time he's finally getting into this van and what butts didn't know what happened is that While they were in the vehicle together, they aren't going to go to the movies, but they were in fact going to meet a boy, Thomas Lundgren, who then became one of Bonin's first known victims. Thomas was only 13 years old, and he was last seen leaving his parents' home at 10.50 a.m. on May 28, 1979. A man was to meet Thomas at a nearby skate park on a promise to just take photos for a magazine, but later that same day, Thomas's body was found in Agora, California, with only a shirt, socks, and shoes. Later that day, in a field nearby, his underwear and pants were found along with his genitals, which had been severed. The cause of death was from strangulation, but... I'm sure emasculation along with trauma to the head and face didn't help because an autopsy later revealed that he also had a fractured skull as well. Probably a result from the bludgeoning that Bonin and Butts ended up Mm -hmm. doing. And Thomas was also had his throat slit and multiple stab wounds. And uh, Vernon Butts was an accomplice to this murder, as this was the first time they went out together and ended up becoming very close with Bonin and assisting with a lot more. 
skills. And this is kind of when they start to figure out there is a freeway killer, which is the name that Bonin would mm-hmm. later on go to adopt. And then at some point in the mid-1979 range, so not too much longer after this happens, Bonin is actually arrested for molesting a 17-year-old boy, but there was a mess-up with the Orange County Jail, and he was never locked up, and then swore that he would never be locked up again. Which is, blows my mind. Crazy. What? I'm sorry? Is that a threat? Like, you're gonna just be safer? I don't, like, what does that mean? And then a few short months after the murder of Longdren and getting arrested, but then all the charges kind of being dropped because of all the issues. The mess up in paperwork. Mm. I don't, how do you mess that up? I <laughs> also, not that I condone what he did. 17 years old is so close to 18 years old that it's still not right, but. I'm sure with how manipulative he was and how charismatic everyone explains him to be, he was probably really good at talking himself out of trouble. I'm like 100% sure of it. So the fact that he probably misconstrued the truth quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I can't have a serious conversation (laughs) while your cat literally licks his ball sack, (laughs) his non-existent ball sack. But, um, he was like full head between both <laughs> legs, like just he's just giving spread <laughs> just he's just giving himself a bath right now. He's doing the best he can, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I can see how he could probably manipulate and talk his way out of any situation, really mm-hmm. in a few short months, he goes saying after the murder of Lundgren on August fourth. Butts and Bonin violently and forcibly kidnapped 17-year-old Mark Shelton on his way to Westminster Cinema in the back of Bonin's van. And there was an assortment of objects that were shoved into a part of Mark Shelton. And um, one of the worst things being a pull cue, which ended up causing his body to go into shock and instantly kill him pretty much. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess, kind of the upside that he wasn't strangled, I guess, but nobody wants to die from shock, from shock, especially that shock. Yeah. And during the investigation, cops confirmed that he was taken forcibly because there were screams that were heard at the time he disappeared. The next day, Marcus Grabs, 17 years old was hitchhiking along the Pacific Coast Highway when he crossed paths with Bonin and Butts, and he was bound at the ankles and wrists with ignition wire and tons of cords and then taken to Bonin's home, where he was later sodomized, beaten, and stabbed a whopping 77 times. He was later found in Malibu Creek completely naked. Which blows my mind, because Bonin at this time is currently living with his mother in an apartment. They share an apartment together and his brother. Oh. So he would wait for his mother and brother to be out and about doing whatever and then bring these victims back and do these terrible, terrible acts. Whenever I found out that he was living with his mom, I'm like, you're doing this under her roof? I thought he moved out from his mom's and into this apartment. They did. And he ended up having to share this apartment with his mother and his older brother. And later on, shares it with someone else. But we'll talk about that much later. Then on August 27th, Donald Ray Hyden was a 15-year-old boy who was last seen approximately at 1 a.m. walking along Santa Monica Boulevard. And later that morning, worker construction workers found him in a dumpster where the autopsy showed he was tied up beaten and raped well sodomized but we all know Mm -hmm. anally raped (laughs) that's all it means is anally raped as well as uh bludgeoned again another one of bonin's abducted victims had his testicles removed and had been slashed across the throat with ligature strangulation being the cause of death 
just buckle in guys because this is a really awful case and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse the first part of this case was a lot of backstory and it was Mm -hmm. a lot of bad things in that first part but this next part just this all takes place during the time of may 1979 up until june of 1980 so it's like a year a year's worth of spree like a killing spree that happens and this is heavily covered by the media obviously this is catching people's attention because it's not only just like with other cases we've discussed sex workers where they kind of go under the radar so no one really finds out about it until it's in large masses of numbers but we're talking about boys being taken from their homes being taken from on their walk to and from work on their walk to and from a movie and they're never heard or seen from again and found days hours later in Mm. these horrific conditions of just strangulation beaten it's sickening (laughs) because their ages are all younger too Mm -hmm. they range from like 12 to 24 eight or something like that and even then like the the most of them are between that 12 to 17 range Mm -hmm. there's like a couple that go outside that are adults and so it's just it's real it's really rough Mm -hmm. a few short weeks later on september 9th david marillo had been lured into bonin's van by butts and bonin while on the ride home on his bike from the la miranda movie theater where he would then be tied up and tortured raped all that kind of awful stuff who knows what else happened in the back of that van for hours by both of them the mo was the exact same cause of death is strangulation fractured and bludgeoned skull and then his body was dumped along highway 101 thrown over the embankment and only eight days after this Robert Rirostek was abducted by Bonin and Butts again while on a bike ride to the grocery store and was dumped off of Interstate 10 with all the same things, battered, same trauma, all that kind of stuff. And like you were saying, this went on for only a year, which a year is a long time, Mm -hmm. but for there to be this many murders, like all back to back. What makes me sick is... Some of them were only, like, days and hours apart. Hours? That's ridiculous. So who would... Who knows how many murders he could have, like, could have conducted if he hadn't been caught? Exactly. Because they were addicted Mm -hmm. to killing and to raping and to all of these awful things. And it was getting more violent and more violent and more violent as they continued on. Like, all these cases just get worse and worse. And who knows if it has anything to deal with, like, boning growing up and not being able to really express who he was and all of his past rape and... Could it be him just exercising control? I don't know. There's a whole lot of things, but I mean, we see you see it fairly often, especially with serial killers, where they don't have that like they don't have that boundary to where they mm-hmm. have to consistently be doing more and more and more to get satisfied. It's like with like drugs or alcohol, you know what I mean? You have a tolerance, mm-hmm. and especially like serial killers, definitely develop this tolerance for or like this um needing a fix yeah like that needing a fix and that uh like uh what do they call it desensitization Mm -hmm. kind of to where now what used to excite you doesn't anymore because you've done it too many times where it's desensitized and now he has butts along for the ride so is he trying to like show one up on butts yeah (laughs) or is he now that he has a partner in crime he can really fully express himself i don't Is Butts really along for the ride or is he absolutely terrified as to what would happen if he combated him, you know? And who knows? But they ended up taking a break for a little bit because so their last their last murder took place that we know of on uh, September 17th. Mm -hmm. And so they go on a little break 
And then it wasn't until November 1st, two months, two and a half months later. One and a half months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One and a half months. <laughs> what a long break. <laughs> it's so long. That uh, Bonin and Butts begin to kill again. This victim was between uh, 9 and 25 years old, although later confirmed by Bonin as being about 23. This is our John Doe. He never identified. Mm-hmm. They just had him, his body. They at least found it, but he was always an identified body and still is. Well, because of how battered this body was. He was like horribly beaten and strangled to death, just mm-hmm. like the others. And his body was dumped in an irrigation ditch right off of State Route 99, just south of Bakersfield. And uh, Bonin went on and confessed to this murder because he that was one thing is that he wanted credit for all of these. Mm -hmm. So he didn't have a problem giving all of the details Mm -hmm. for all of them because he wanted people to know how terrible he was kind of, Mm -hmm. which we see with a lot of serial killers. Yeah. Again, they have that like prideful thing. And once they get caught, they're like, might as well tell you everything that happened. And uh, he claims that he forcibly shoved an ice pick up the victim's nose and both ears before strangling him to death. Mm -hmm. I am terrified of anything going into my ear canal. Yeah. <laughs> like anything going into my ears, my ear, like in my nose. I don't know. Whenever you're like putting stuff. That COVID it, test has me triggered as hell. <laughs> like it just not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a good time. Not fun. Not my thing. Especially really an ice pick. Yeah. I don't. I have this problem whenever I picture things. I can like really picture things. <laughs> and I hate writing out these notes was horrible i was just like why did i get stuck with the victim yeah but it was okay we're fine now we're fine now and bonin working alone so he kind of is like meh whatever i'm gonna go on my next kill alone it was november 30th and he abducts 17 year old frank fox in bellflower bludgeoned him raped him tortured him and showed signs of ligature marks around his wrists and ankles, and his body was dumped and found in Rialto. And then there were two other murders, all the same descriptions that were there, later identified both of them as uh, John Kilpatrick and Michael McDonald. Both boys were 15 and 16, had been abducted, brutally raped, and murdered. Bonin worked alone on these outings, and most of these boys weren't even identified and stayed as John Doe's for, like, months. Yeah. It wasn't until, basically, trial was about to happen that they ended up identifying these two boys. And a lot of these bodies, they didn't find. and Well, they found them hours and, and days later, but it took a while to identify these bodies because of how badly beaten they were. And... Obviously, most of these boys hadn't even had, like, reports yet of them even missing. So it's like you're trying to do this whole, like, cat and mouse thing. I don't even know how else to explain it. It's just like, how can you figure out who the body is if you don't even know who's missing yet? Right. So I think that's what kind of also made it really difficult for him to be caught in that year that he was killing so quickly is that because he was moving around and because, yes, he was staying in one pretty much central area, he was moving around so quickly and conducting these murders so quickly that I think it made it really, really difficult to really track down who it could be, especially since he was mobile in that van. Right. Mm. And it was after this that Bonin gained another accomplice by the name of Gregory Matthew Miley, who was 18 years old. And he was that friend that he met at his neighbor's parties where Mm -hmm. he also met Butts. Yeah. So if you listen back to our previous episode, you'll hear about that one too. So it's kind of funny how all these people are hanging out together, Hmm. going to the same parties. Interesting. It's almost like birds of a feather stick together. (gasps) Emily. Listen. (laughs) Listen. On February 3rd, 1980, Charles Miranda was hitchhiking along Santa Monica Boulevard when the two in the van approached Miranda 
and he actually agreed to consensual sex with Bonin while Miley drove them around. Which, can you really attest to that? Did he really... Did he really consent? Did he really consent? Or are they just saying that? Who knows? Because, I don't know. I personally don't know of a lot of people that would consent to random stranger sex in the back of a van while someone was driving them around with no privacy. Now, I've never had sex in a moving vehicle. (laughs) I've never been raped in a moving vehicle. Same. I cannot imagine how difficult... That might be, I get that it's like a like it's like a van van, mm-hmm. but that still has to be complicated to where the you, logistics just yeah to where you probably have to bind mm-hmm. someone, which is Bonin's mo. So I don't really see it being consensual. Very, yeah, like to me the consensual part of it mm-hmm. seems unlikely. I'm going to go with this with just Mm right. It wasn't until Bonin leaned up into the front seat to whisper into Miley's ear, kid's going to die, that he quickly bound Miranda, robbed him of the only $6 he had in his wallet, and then raped him, which probably raping him beforehand anyways. Mm -hmm. And Miley also was going to, guys, listen, (laughs) just buckle up. Miley was also going to attempt to rape Miranda but then got very violent when he couldn't sustain an erection and began to assault Miranda with a bunch of sharp objects until they eventually killed him and dumped his body in an alleyway, which this is the only one that ever gets dumped in an Mm -hmm. alleyway. No other one does. So that's just... Nope. (laughs) I just feel like it's really disrespectful to someone's body well it's disrespectful either way to you know rape and kill and torture and do whatever but like it's insult to injury to take someone's dead lifeless body and then toss them literally like they're a piece of trash which is all bonin does with every one of his victims just like throws them out like they're nothing and only hours after this murder Miley is like upset because he didn't he didn't get off he didn't get off boohoo and said that he was still horny and wanted to rape and kill again and their next victim was James Maccabe who was waiting at a bus stop on his way to Disneyland when Bonin and Miley offered him a ride and then drove to a grocery store parking lot and just like Charles Miranda Bonin then gets into the back of the van with James while Miley drives. And as the boy is screaming and crying, Bonin rapes and beats him and then makes him sleep in his arms until Miley can get into the back and join them. And then after that, they beat and strangle him using his t-shirt in a tire iron. And he wasn't found until three days later near a dumpster in Walnut. I was literally reading his last name as Maccabee. Maccabee. That makes me sound so illiterate. You are illiterate. (laughs) This is when Bonin spends one month in jail for breaking probation and then was released on March 4th. So he's doing all of this while on probation, guys. Mm -hmm. And being watched. Because if we look back, he was on probation for like... 18 months when he got released on October 11th in 1978. So he is still on probation during all of this. Mm -hmm. And they only catch that he broke it this one time. Mm -hmm. Other than that other time that got messed up and then it didn't matter for some reason. Mm -hmm. I feel like I would maybe be keeping a better eye on him personally. You know what I mean? Especially with his background too. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to know what he's up to at all hours of the day <laughs> which i mean i guess that one this is 40 years ago mm-hmm. so yeah probation is probably hindsight is 2020 yeah exactly hindsight is 2020 i think we're definitely a lot better nowadays um that's probably yeah i'd say that's safe to say yeah yeah 
And then 10 days after he gets released from jail, Ronald Gatlin was abducted after leaving a friend's house and sodomized, raped, beaten, and just like Bonin's unidentified victims, he used an ice pick in his ears and neck several times and then was strangled with a ligature and the next day he was found in Duarte. And then keeps going it just keeps it just keeps going keeps going with glenn baker being lured into bonin's van and he was only 14 years old and burned multiple times by a cigarette as well as having many objects shoved into him just like our other victims mm -hmm. and bonin ended up strangling him to death and then that same day russell rue was kidnapped from his bus stop where he was tor tortured for eight hours and eventually killed. And both bodies were actually found in the same Cleveland National Forest on March 23rd. Which the fact that he killed, why am I surprised? I don't know. <laughs> but the fact that he killed two people within the same day, and this is not the first time that he's done this, because he's done it in the past as well, m only months before. But, like, what is going through your head? Did you just, like, not, it just wasn't enough, the first one, the first life you took? And this all kind of stems from his time in the military, too, being in Vietnam and losing that respect for life. Like, human life not really meaning anything to him anymore. So, we're seeing this thought process and this moral backbone really solidifying for him and getting worse and worse like with each one of the cases and they all have the same mo they all have the same similarities and with very little differences in them but the severity is getting worse which is really really scary but one night on march 19 on March, in March of 1980, 17 year old William Pugh and Bonin attended a party and were seen leaving the party together when Bonin offered him a ride home. Once entering the vehicle, Bonin began to ask Pugh for sex, where he. Pone, Pugh. 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 <laughs> Are you having a strong? I am. Where Pugh apparently. Apparently was shocked by by this question that Bonin asked him. And so after slowing down at a traffic light, Pew then tries to escape, now noticing the lack of handles on the doors, and he begins to panic. Bonin then pulls Pew by the collar across the bench seat closer to him and begins to confess his affinity for luring, kidnapping, and eventually killing young men when dropping Pew off at his family home, and told him that the only reason he didn't kill him that night was because... There were witnesses to him offering to take Pew a ride home and them being legitimately seen, like, walking out of that party together, which I guess, yay? I don't know. <laughs> Always make sure you're seen whenever you leave a party with someone. Yeah. This is whenever Pew becomes an accomplice for with Bonin, and they make their first kill March 24th. So... Only a few weeks go by whenever they make their first kill. This is whenever they abduct Harry Todd Turner, a 15-year-old boy, only two younger, two years younger than Pew himself, because Pew is only 17. So this is basically this kid is basically the same age, and this kid ended up recently fleeing from a boy's home. He just didn't really come from a good place, so he was already in distress, and then now he's crossing paths with. Two pretty terrible people. Which I wonder if Bonin knew that because I feel like if Bonin knew that, that might have really struck a chord in him because he mm. also had been in a boys' orphanage. I'm sure they had a little bit of small talk and he probably mentioned it. And that probably, unfortunately, locked and sealed Harry Todd Turner. I'm pretty sure that locked in his fate, unfortunately. I feel like that would have made Bonin more compassionate, though. Mm. To be like, I was in one of those homes, too. Triggered. He's, I'm going to go be depressed for the next hour. Well, he's probably struggling. Struggling. I literally can't speak English. And <laughs> honestly, there's no other language that I speak. So I don't know what other language <laughs> I could be 
like i wish i had an excuse is like oh english isn't my first language but is my first and only language (laughs) only you know (laughs) some french i know some french i know enough to get me by and i know enough spanish to get me by but not enough to say that you actually speak it yeah like i don't speak fluently in either one of those languages reiki piggy you are literally god's masterpiece on this earth he's so perfect and he's been through such a traumatic life we won't get into that we'll talk about that in a later episode (laughs) just reiki piggy's traumatic life he has decided to choose peace 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 on earth but i think with bonin kind of struggling with his inner child and his inner healing i think it kind of is a kind of it is a trigger for bonin and i think that that's why he probably specifically chooses turner in on that day in that day on that day this is whenever bonin and pew offered the boy twenty dollars for sex and ended up luring him into the van where he would be beaten tied up sodomized and even bitten this time there were visible bite marks found on his body bonin then ordered pew to beat the boy even more until eventually bonin decided he had had enough and strangled him to death and a later autopsy, his body had been found, by the way, outside of a back delivery door. Turner's skull had been fractured eight times. And just like some of Bonin's other victims, his genitals were dismantled and visibly abused. So they hadn't been detached, but they didn't look good. After the murder of Turner, five more murders took place over the months of April 10th, 1980 to June 2nd of 1980. This is where Butts assisted once again, and Monroe, a homeless floater who had lived with Bonin only on the condition that he had consensual sex with him, which Monroe was a bisexual who kind of preferred women, but wasn't close-minded to the idea of having sex with men, but with being homeless and needing shelter He was like, if I don't got to pay you, I just got to have sex with you every once in a while. No big deal, you know? And Monroe lived with Bonin in his shared apartment, once again, shared apartment with his mother and older brother. All of the MOs were as follows, sodomized, bound, tortured, and eventually strangled to death. One of the boys that Bonin murdered was Lawrence Sharp, and Bonin later confessed that they were actually acquaintances, and he was just sick and tired of him hanging around. Like, that's a good reason. Like, that's a good reason. He was just tired of him hanging around. He was getting annoying. And he was like, eh, why not? You know? I get that feeling about you and Olivia almost every single time I hang out with you guys. And I don't kill y'all. Thanks for not murdering me. I very much appreciate it. Both of you guys. Every single time. Yep. All we do is hate on each other. Mm -hmm. And just think of the best yo mama jokes that we can. Boom, roasted. Boom, roasted. Got him. Another murder that stands out is the murder of Darren Kendrick, a 19-year-old that was promised that he could sell him drugs. And of course, I don't think Bonin was a drug guy, but whatever. And Butts was in on this one as well. And this is whenever Bonin and Butts then lure Darren to Bonin's apartment, and he was forced to drink hydrochloric acid, where he suffered burns, severe burns, on his chin, chest, and stomach, and obviously his mouth. This is where the ice pick was left behind in in the ear canal, deep within the ear canal of his lifeless body after they dumped it. So now this is whenever we kind of move into the arrest and trial of Bonin. And this is where things kind of get like really weird. And like, again, the police are kind of missing things that maybe they should have been looking out for. But eventually they do obviously catch him because he's in jail. In May of 1990, only a month or so after the murder of Turner, Pew was arrested for stealing a car. And after being convicted and while in jail, he admitted to his counselor after getting wind of the freeway killer, because again, this was like all over the news and all over the newspapers, whatever, of the freeway killer is what they wanted to call him. And this MO, he started to like put two and two together, like, um, I think I recognize that i might have some info i think i know who your guy is so this is whenever it's obviously his counselor reports it to the police and when pew was interviewed he denied any involvement but stated that bonin was indeed the freeway killer without a doubt 
And after this interview and with how convincing Pew was on his accusation, the police were then conducted to do a full background check on Bonin where they uncovered all of his past involving the sexual assault of minors, inmates, and extensive list of criminal history. So this is whenever they really are like, oh shit. He's been under our nose. Yeah, like, uh... Why weren't we paying attention yeah, to his probation? Especially, yeah, while he was on probation. So this is obviously whenever Bonin is put under surveillance because, again, they don't have visible evidence of him conducting any of these murders but they know that he's probably gonna conduct one soon and even under surveillance he somehow lures stephen wells on june 2nd and ends up raping murdering beating and then transporting 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 so taking him from point a to point b in a cardboard box to his own house or apartment where he consults butts on where to dump the body where it was only found five years later. They ended up dumping it at an abandoned gas station. But the fact that he brought it to his apartment and was like, yo, butts, check this out. Killed another kid. Where should we put him? And butts was like, um, maybe that gas station that we dumped a body at a few months ago. That sounds like a good place. And, the fact that this happened all while under surveillance blows my freaking mind. How is this under surveillance? I have no idea. I, I have some questions. <laughs> I have lots of questions. How is this under surveillance? Mm-hmm. Maybe this is at the beginning of his like surveillance period and they hadn't really been watching that close. I don't I don't know. But the fact that he was put under surveillance in May and then on June 2nd still lures a boy like you have to all the steps that he took to lure in the kid, rape him, then murder him and then transport him to the house just like blows my mind. And it's not until Bonin was last seen by police trying to lure young boys in Hollywood on June 11th that Bonin tried to lure four boys into his van after failing. And after failing those four boys, he's finally successful with Harold Tate. After getting Harold into the van and driving into a parking lot, this is whenever police stealthily creep up on the van and they can hear muffled screams and bangs. And obviously there's some sort of distress going on in there. So they forcefully open the van doors and find Bonin in the process of raping Tate. So Tate lives. Thank God. But now he has to live with being a rape victim. And knowing that he almost was a murder victim. Yeah, of what this guy was capable of. Bonin is then arrested and taken into custody while investigators search his van. And they found tons of incredibly incriminating evidence building a case that Bonin, in fact, was the freeway killer. And this is just as what Pew stated. In the van, a number of restraints, binding materials, knives, pliers, and tire iron, the tire iron, was discovered, and not to mention all the bloodstains that were found throughout his apartment and his van as well. So he, oh, does, he doesn't clean up very yeah, well. Yeah, he's not, he's not trying to hide it. I think he got a little cocky. There was also a scrapbook found in the glove box of the van with newspaper clippings about the murders, which is very common because they want to like... Trophies. feel good yeah like they want to feel good about themselves but bonin was up in arms for a while while he was being interrogated and then finally he was just like yeah whatever sure yep i am the freeway killer and he ended up confessing to the kidnapping sexual assault and rape and murder of 21 young men and boys with no remorse for the boys and the brutality of his crimes but just remorse for the fact that he was caught. Look at his little back feet. Right, you, you're the only one that could take a nap while we talk about this oh crazy gosh, ass shit. He's the cutest. So Homeboy didn't feel bad at all for killing all those boys. He was just like... He was proud of it. I definitely would have kept killing if I could. If he, I didn't get caught, I'd still be killing. I'm addicted at this point. He was proud of it. Why else would you confess and give all the details of everything? Mm -hmm. And in these details, he also confessed to the accomplices that he had of Miley, Monroe, Pew, 
the whole and butts especially and on july 29th 1980 bonin was charged with 16 counts of murder one count of sodomy 11 counts of robbery and one count of mayhem 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 butts was charged the same day with six counts of murder three counts of robbery as well as three more murder charges in november of 1980 and was scheduled to go on trial july of 1981 but committed suicide i put suicide in in quotes in hand quotes because there are some rumors that possibly it was construed or constructed to look like a suicide but this was all before his trial in january of 1981 monroe was charged with the murder of stephen wells and pleaded not guilty to all of the charges miley was arrested august 22nd of 1980 on the murders of james macabre macabre and charles miranda and originally he pleaded not guilty but then he ended up having a recorded phone call of course with a friend where he confessed all of his guilt and then changed his plea to guilty so he said, I'm not guilty. And then he was like, mm, I am guilty. And he was sentenced to 20. He was sentenced to 25 years to life to avoid the death penalty, though. He went on trial against Bonin, along with the other men. They were like, we strongly suggest you go on trial against him, because if not, you're probably going to be up for the death penalty with how gruesome and and terrible these these crimes are. And on May 25th, 1981, Miley was actually attacked in his cell and died due to these serious injuries, which it's super common for sex offenders in jail, especially sex offenders of minors, Yep, to be physically harmed. And that's why more often than not, they're in solitary confinement, which is kind of like a newer thing now that they're realizing that during this time, they're realizing that like, mm, maybe we shouldn't put rapists in with <laughs> all these criminals that have a lot of anger and who probably have children themselves. I mean, I feel like we should, though, because you shouldn't get special treatment mm -hmm. and like be taken care of just because you raped kids. Mm -hmm. Like you should... No, you should rot. And if other criminals want to beat you up because of it, mm -hmm. or not criminals, but other inmates want to beat you up because of it, they should be able to. Yeah, but usually it, they end up just killing them, which I am under the impression that you should rot until the end of time in jail thinking about what you did instead of getting the easy way out and dying. <laughs> because whoever the person who got raped didn't die didn't just get to get over it didn't get to just you know move on with their life i feel like you should also have to live not repent but live the rest of your life knowing what you did and bonin's first trial then came to an end in january where he was found guilty of only 10 of the murders and was given the death penalty only a few weeks later after careful consideration and deliberation giving out the death penalty is not an easy vote like you can't just be like oh death penalty for sure he should die like you have to have some really really substantial evidence against that person which he confessed to literally everything they had the bodies i'm sure they had dna evidence like homeboy was not obviously innocent but again the death penalty is really hard to give out it's really intense yeah and wasn't he towards the end whenever they were gonna start doing his sentencing and stuff didn't he at some point also try to start blaming it all on Butts? Yeah. Saying that he was mm -hmm. under Butts' spell and like, mm -hmm. I think he kind of realized I might actually die. Yeah. Like they might actually kill me. They might actually kill me. So maybe if I can blame it on someone else, mm -hmm. I can just go to jail for this. I think he was life? just looking for someone to drag down with him. Yeah. And in his next trial, so after that first one, he goes on trial again for the murders of the other four boys and this is whenever he was given the death penalty again so in both trials again he was given the death penalty pew received seven years after being found guilty of voluntary manslaughter but he kind of got a little bit of a pardon because he did assist with identifying who the freeway killer was and in the case of turner he was now convicted of 
he was going to be serving that seven years in prison. And after only serving four years in prison, he was released back into the world, which say what you want about Pew. I think he was just absolutely terrified as to what would happen. It's kind of like a Charles Manson situation where what do you do? I mean, obviously don't kill someone. Don't ever kill someone. But he was put in a position where it was either kill or be killed. And he was a participant, so he's equally as guilty. But serving four years in prison, I feel like, is quite a punishment. Not to discount the death of... He was still a part of it. Yeah, he was still a part of it. Not to discount the death of Turner, but I think he was absolutely terrified. Bonin waited on death row for 14 years, and he actually intended to be killed via gas chamber... But because of prior issues with the gas chamber executions, it was then decided that he would be euthanized due to lethal injection. And we found some pretty funny, (laughs) some pretty funny comments from Bonin while he was waiting on death row. And he had a biographer come and spend some time with him. And he obviously was having books written about him and all that kind of stuff. So it's like a lot of this stuff was being dragged up from his just time waiting to, to die, to be deathed. And Emily found some really funny stuff, so I'm going to let her talk about that. He basically was asked if he had any regrets, you know, because he killed a lot. Hoping that he would say, you know, um, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you know, I I do regret killing those kids. I wish I wasn't raped. Wrecking those families and those parents. Then no, he didn't regret any of it. He even said kind of that he just didn't really care about it and that all the families were not going to find any peace in him dying and they would figure that out later on so he really just didn't care Mm -hmm. and he just knew these parents and these families weren't going to get any peace and he was fine with that he didn't care at all but what he did regret was that he didn't pursue the profession of bowling I guess he bowled when he was a teenager. I could literally punch someone in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I guess he bowled as a teenager and his only regret was not pursuing it to a professional level. Maybe the fuck would have taken a different lane in life if he had pursued. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. But no, that was his only regret. Yeah. Not pursuing bowling to a professional level. Mm -mm. And his last meals were actually two large pizzas three pints of ice cream which my stomach hurts thinking about three pounds of dairy or three pints of dairy and a whopping 18 cans of coke 18 cans of soda pop do you think he ate all of that by himself no he didn't eat it all by himself no he had other people that he was sharing his you know last hours with which included his biographer chaplain and his attorney i would not want to be that chaplain (laughs) I would. That just seems like a random assortment of people, but 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 he literally had no one left in his life. No, he had no one. So it's like, who else are you going to invite? He probably didn't want to be alone with his thoughts. What would you do if you were the chaplain and they were like, "Hey, um, so I, this guy, I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> he requested your presence. He goes by the freeway killer." What would you do? I would decline that offer. (laughs) I would say, um, actually, no. Um, I know that he's probably asking me to be there so he can hopefully uh, save his soul, but... I don't think we can save it. I think it's too far gone. I think, I think I'm good. Uh, call someone else. (laughs) So, Bonin is then taken into the gas chamber at 11.45 p.m. And he was pronounced dead at 12.13 a.m the end so moral of the story is i don't even know where to start because his childhood sucked it was just downhill from the second he was out of the womb yeah look out for your friends if they start confessing about how they want to like lure and kidnap people tell them to not also if you ever leave a party with someone that you're not really familiar with um first of all don't yeah two (laughs) if you have to make sure someone sees you Walking out of that party with them, because apparently that's the only thing that saved you. Or call someone and stay on the phone with them the entire time. <gasps> like those TikToks that they have where it like sounds like you're on the phone with someone. You know what I'm talking about? I it's like a fake use, recording. I don't use TikTok. I don't I don't use the socials really, honestly. I'm really bad at it. And uh speaking of socials, you can uh follow us on Do Not Sleep Alone on Instagram. Twitter. TikTok. 
eventually we're, we're trying we're trying and uh we have re- officially Ooh. released patreon yay Ooh. so uh Go ahead and check that out. We have three different tiers, actually. Mm-hmm. Contrary to uh, popular belief, we have three different tiers. AKA the belief that we told you. Yep. <laughs> it's a $3, a $5, and a $10. Uh, if you just sign up, even for just a $5 one, you get a free extra, well, free, <laughs> for five bucks, free. you can get this free thing. You get a bonus. Full-length episode, and it is a special it's the case of Jean Benet Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And let me just tell you, it is an hour and a half of content that is super fun. And uh, we would love for you guys to go ahead and check that out. Uh, there's also just a lot of opportunities to talk to us. And so we can get feedback from you and give you what you want. Yeah. And um, we'd love to talk about some more popular cases as well that maybe we don't really we want we want to give you some original cases whenever we're talking on our main podcast because that's what we really care about but we know that people love hearing about cases that are either heavily covered or or popular killers and stuff like that and we love researching and talking about them too and kind of shedding a new light on them but we want to make sure that it's something that you actually want to hear so patreon would be a great way for us to know mm-hmm. that that's something that you actually want to hear I also might uh, start up a behind-the-scenes uh, content-type tag mm-hmm. that's about uh, my cat, Regan. So Reggie Peggy. If you want a solid cat segment. We can talk about cats. Yeah. I also am just going to start posting pictures of him being cute. So just get ready for those. Yeah. I mean, I would sign up for the cat pictures alone, honestly, mm-hmm. at this point. The pillow talks are fun too. We do talk about more, more personal stuff on there, which is really interesting. So if you really want to know more about us and who we are as people, um, not that you probably don't know who we are just by listening to us talk about these uncomfortable things. Um, but you can find out more and we can talk about fun stuff rather than listening about murders and people dying all the time. Yep. So we'd love it if you guys join us over there. And remember, we only have one rule here. Are you ready, Emily? I'm ready. One, two, three. Don't Don't sleep sleep alone. alone.